Dr. Mesa Alavi, MD, is a board-certified physician and internationally recognized speaker, practitioner, and teacher of psychedelic therapies, ketamine administration, and integrative medicine. She unites cutting-edge Western science with Eastern wellness philosophies to heal mind, body, and spirit in what she terms functional psychedelic medicine, addressing the psycho-spiritual as well as the material. She has studied at best-in-class institutions and organizations including the University of Southern California, University of Texas, UCLA, Institute for Functional Medicine, and Dr. Andrew Weil's Center for Integrative Medicine. Dr. Mesa is certified in MDMA-assisted therapy by the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, MAPS, and she's trained in psilocybin-assisted therapy with Compass Pathways. Among her many roles are study site physician and therapist for the MAPS Phase Three clinical trials investigating the use of MDMA-assisted therapy for the treatment of PTSD. She will be among the first providers to bring this form of therapy to the general public pending FDA approval. Dr. Mesa teaches for fluence in the field of ketamine-assisted therapy, and she conducts small group trainings for medical professionals looking to start their own ketamine practice, teaching the fundamentals of psychedelic preparation and integration, and how to medically screen for and administer ketamine by its various routes. She is a consultant for startup practices entering the psychedelic market, and she serves on the board of advisors for the Veterans Alliance for Holistic Alternatives. She has given many lectures on the topics of psychedelics, cannabis, and ketamine for the New Orleans Psychedelic Society and Cultivating Self, a nonprofit continuing education platform for licensed healthcare professionals and RNs. Dr. Mesa humanizes healthcare by developing trusted personal relationship with her clients, empowering them to understand the root causes of their disease, and helping them connect with their own inner healing intelligence for long-term wellness. This goes above and beyond typical symptom management medicine by identifying and bringing awareness to the issue's origin and its perpetuating and mediating factors. She incorporates multiple modalities into her practice, from functional labs, nutraceuticals, and IV infusions, to energy work, plant and psychedelic medicines, and mind-body techniques. She works with clients to develop balanced healing plans that combine mind-manifesting therapies and advanced laboratory analysis with wellness approaches that nurture wholeness. Her plans include customized guidance on hydration, nutrition, breath work, meditation, movement, stress reduction, sleep optimization, supplementation, medication reconciliation and or tapering for those on pharmaceuticals and laboratory analysis. She applies her in-depth knowledge of traditional and indigenous plant medicines like psychedelic mushrooms, cannabis, ayahuasca, rape, combo, salvia, and sananga by educating clients on the safe and appropriate usage of these and other medicines. Dr. Mesa believes that simple changes yield meaningful results, namely proper salt, mineral, and water balance in the body, utilization of the light energy spectrum, awareness of breath and optimizing airway and sleep, joyful movement, conscious consumption, and connection with community and one's own inner world. She believes regular reboots of our inner computer are critical and can be accessed through mind-manifesting therapies, including, but not limited to, psychedelics and entheogens, heart openers. She is a huge proponent of daily meditation and blessings of the energy centers. Dr. Mesa practices in New Orleans at the beautiful Spire Center, 
a former Scandinavian jazz church converted into a 12,000 square foot healing sanctuary. Spire Center offers healthy food cooked on site, infrared light therapy sauna, dry float tank experiences, a salt water lap pool, hot and cold plunges, a meditation sanctuary, a full gym, and an outdoor grass labyrinth. There are a variety of classes offered weekly, whether in the pool, church space, or the infrared heated and mirrored studio. Spire Center is home to, home to over 20 holistic health practitioners ranging across all modalities and backgrounds and features rotating and regular events and community speakers. Visit Dr. Mesa's website, www.drmesa.com, for more information about her, her offerings, and to book in-person or remote visits. Let's get started. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Healing Intentions. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Mamedi. And today I have a super duper special guest, uh, one of my good friends that I met from the Dr. Joe Dispenza Meditation Retreat, Dr. Mesa Alavi. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. <laughs> Such an honor. And um, we've been meaning to do this for a while. We were going to do it over Zoom. And then we said, you know what? You're going to be here local in San Diego. Why don't we do it in person? It's always yeah. a special, unique kind of energy that's created. And i and, uh, so glad that we made it happen. Mm-hmm. And in this beautiful location here in your parents' lovely home and uh, beautiful ocean view uh, that we currently don't have because of the fog, but we, <laughs> we have the picture next to us as a representation. Uh, it's been beautiful. It's really uh, been an amazing day I've spent here with your awesome family and uh, just so, so grateful for it all and for having met you and yeah. the amazing experiences we've had um, since then. I mean, that was just Truly. a short couple months ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so why don't we start off by kind of telling everybody a little introduction of yourself, your, your background, your, your, you know, your history, your, your educational training, and we'll kind of go from there. Sure. So my background in training, I'm a physician, MD, an allopathic physician in my training. I went to medical school right out of undergrad. I went to USC for undergrad and did an advanced option where you just skip your senior year of high school because you're like ready for something bigger. But really, it's because we had moved to New Hampshire and it was too cold there for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was the last piece of mail my mom brought from our home in Texas prior to that was this invitation to come to SC early. And so I applied. I did thematic option there and kept wondering, what am I going to do? I love science and physics and you know the hardest courses I would take and I came in business cinema television ended up bio biology and um, neuroscience double major and all my friends and all my classes were going to medical school so it was just kind of the natural next thing to do and I didn't really overthink it or give it too much thought I didn't really know about other healing modalities and grew up in a pretty allopathic respectful home where that's what we deferred to was the western doctor mm -hmm. even though my background is persian my mom would use remedies in the home and some of our originous you know medicines and so forth but mm -hmm. my training went down that route and i see now looking back why it had to be that way um i think having trained in the medical industrial complex i understand that complex and i can 
get beyond it. I can integrate from different modalities. I can use my scientific brain and combine it with what I know intuitively in my heart to be true. That's now getting proven in the research. For example, what Dr. Joe's team is discovering about the impact of meditation on the brain, that we can intuit it's helpful. And now we're showing exactly how it is helpful and what it is doing to the brain waves and right. in those protein productions in the body and how that can help defeat many you know, ailments of our time. Yeah. So I went on to medical school at UT Houston and almost got kicked out. <laughs> it was, I got very disenchanted very quickly, mm. but it came down to a conversation with my dean of the medical school. And she said, why are you here? Why do you want to be here? And I said, well, I want to have a healing center and I want to coordinate the center where people of different modalities who are experts in their craft of healing come together and, you know, the patient is in that experience and they're part of the healing. And then I learned about the MOA Foundation and that the patient lives on the farm and we grow the food for the client on the farm and they're getting the sunlight from the farm and the physicians and the healers are there all working together in all these different modalities. And so that actually materialized it. Um, I'm honored now to be many years out of my training and working at a center in New Orleans called Spire Center, where across the hall is an Ayurvedic practitioner, does Marma energy work, Ayurvedic astrology, and Ayurvedic plant-based medicine. Wow. Down the hall is a Chinese medicine practitioner, a rolfer, a pelvic floor therapist, uh, you know, psychologist, psychiatrist. I'm there practicing what I call functional psychedelic medicine. Mm. There's, you know, an infrared sauna, a yoga studio that's heated by infrared. There's a dry float tank. There's a hot cold plunge. There's a salt water pool. There's a meditation chamber classroom that is emf proof we wow. put crystals in the ground before it was constructed you know the concrete was laid on top of a crystal grid wow there's crystal chandeliers um there's a gym there's heady food it's like mm. the dream materialized i had to verbalize it in that minute and really ask myself why am i here so i did take a leave of absence from medical school i came back mm. graduated didn't know what to specialize in decided that i liked everything but i had had a fond interest in emergency medicine due to its you know know practicality for me i wasn't seeing western medicine handle chronic care well mm. i thought at least i can help people in emergencies so mm -hmm. i did an internship at harbor ucla in torrance and kind of got my foot wet with everything and then i applied broadly and ended up going into family medicine getting accepted at usc and doing three years there mm -hmm. so board certified in family but after my completion of that degree program i went out and worked primarily rural medicine and um, remote part of arizona outside of tucson mm. and there i did hospitalist medicine emergency medicine i read an outpatient medical clinic as medical director so i would see patients in the er and then i would populate the hospital with those patients and treat them there mm. and you know working with a array of different clients mainly elderly folks but saw a lot of chronic illness and you know during that time i think right when i graduated residency in 2016 i reached out to rick doblin who was a friend and asked him hey how can i be involved with maps because my real passion is the mind and the various states of consciousness and he said well, we're doing the very first ever training of MDMA therapists and you don't have a clinical trial associated with you, but why don't you show up and, you know, pay room and board. And that was a life altering event. Mm. And, you know, I met him at Manifestation Celebration in Dallas. So it was like if I hadn't been really just so interested in that work, I wouldn't have heard his gospel about how amazing these medicines, MDMA in particular, mm -hmm. can be for healing of the mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I went there. Stony Brook, New York was the site. It was a beautiful 
beautiful fall with the leaves changing and literally jumping in piles of these leaves and in bliss with my people, right? All the MDMA therapists to do this research around the world were congregated here to learn how to hold space for people in this very vulnerable um, healing process with this medicine. Mm -hmm. And that was very transformative. That week was uh, life-changing because two years later, I got a call from Sherry Taylor, who you'll have seen on how to change your mind the episode with new orleans and mm -hmm. mdma mm -hmm. and she said hey we need a female therapist and you're the unicorn you have the training and you don't have a clinical trial already you know betrothed to you so come out to new orleans and i mean that's all it took i packed up my bags and i left benson arizona for this wow. opportunity um yeah. And when was that? When you when did you get to New Orleans and the Spire Center? Yeah, 2019. And then our little subgroup was creating this vision that the sisters who created Spire Center executed so beautifully. Our vision fell through in the way that we saw it happening was um, that we were going to acquire another church building and do and so forth. And when we didn't get investors, we kind of just let the dream percolate we said we'll hop the next train when it appears and not even two months later sherry again this amazing connector and colleague and sister of mine <laughs> said hey these women reached out to me and they want to see if we'd like to join this healing center that they're about to launch so july of 20 was when they uh, launched practitioners uh, or 21 rather and then 21, let's see, September of 21, I think they opened to the public. So wow. I've been there 17 months now in wow. my own practice. I've left, you know, the industrial comp medical industrial complex officially. I was working ERs in um, the New Orleans area prior to that. And was able to make the full leap into doing this this field of what I call, like I said, functional psychedelic medicine, mm -hmm. where I'm combining the best of functional medicine with psychedelics and making psychedelics functional for people, mm -hmm. primarily working with ketamine. Uh, the research that I do is with MDMA and psilocybin as part of these IRB approved clinical trials. And mm -hmm. that's been incredible as well. That's what brought me to New Orleans in the first place and to work with Sherry and Ray Worthy and Mark Skelly. And uh, previously, our good friend Zoe as well. So we've uh, come a long way. You know, we started in a, gosh, this place was really dying on the vine, as Ray Worthy put it. It was mm -hmm. <laughs> the termite problem. It was huh. taking over our first research facility. And then we upgraded to a place in mid-city New Orleans. And now we're at the gorgeous Spire Center, mm. uh, spirecenter.com, S-P-Y-R-E center.com would be where to check out more about it and see beautiful photos but we really have seen in the last couple of years just this whole vision upgrade to meet what is going to be a new and incredible demand for the work that's being done here mm -hmm. you know this psycho-spiritual work that's functional psychedelic medicine we work on the spike the psycho-spiritual mm -hmm. and the material mm -hmm. we're not going to neglect either but you can make the quickest changes in the quantum right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. getting to the source of the problem on a mental emotional level before it becomes material and if it's already material still going back to the mental emotional level to uproot the material before it was even planted right right Uproot right. that seed before the tree grows if you don't want that tree there. Go yeah. back in time, right? In the quantum realm, as our teacher, Dr. Joe, says, there's no time, there's no place, there's no person. Mm -hmm. All possibilities and quantum potentials exist simultaneously in a vertical orientation. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you just said a lot of beautiful things there. Um, what a beautiful yin-yang of your career that you've had from 
what conventional medicine does super well. We talked about this at the retreat in emergency acute trauma, right? Mm -hmm. That we excel in that. Like I say, I break my leg in a a car accident. Please take me to the hospital. It's not the time for herbs, right? Right. (laughs) But, but in chronic disease and especially, you know, and a lot of the really bad chronic diseases people are dealing with now, conventional medical system is just not the best for that. They're not taught about health. Right. You know, they're, they're run by the pharmaceutical companies that are, it's pathology and a pill for every ill, mm-hmm. you know? And so you got to experience the best of that world. And mm-hmm. then you're like, well, I'm going to go over to this world and mm. make my impact. And here you are now making yeah. quite an impact. That's, oh. that's incredible. Thank you. Wow. So, so Rick Doblin got you into maps from the very beginning <laughs> and here you are. That's, that's amazing. They're really doing some, some incredible work and, leading the charge for, you know, when I talk about this with people that don't know anything about the field of psychedelic medicine, I'm like, you know, that MDMA is about to be, you know, legalized as a prescription drug by, Mm -hmm. they're hoping by next year, right, 2024 at the latest. And that's because of the work he's been doing since 1985 or six, right? Since he started MAPS. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, what a patient <laughs> long road it's been. But yeah, I mean, you're in phase three clinical trials. So are you a part of those phase three clinical trials with the FDA? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So we just closed them out. We did a crossover trial as well, which was those who got placebo finally got medicine. So mm-hmm. that was really incredible to be a part of. You know, they've been waiting so patiently. They had to sit through being weaned off their medicines and then sitting in these six to eight hour sessions with a placebo. So really having to you know go inward try and find work to do and now they get rewarded with the actual medicine and to see how incredible their transformations can be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and and just talk about briefly you know for people that aren't familiar with let's start with mdma Mm -hmm. what it's doing physiologically especially to the brain and why it's so perfect of a of a medicine for therapy for psycho you know psychedelic assisted therapy Yeah. So like many psychedelics, it's dampening our default mode network system that's going to keep us in the same ways of thinking and the same emotional reactions so that someone who is a veteran and has witnessed, you know, some really horrific things can sit and think about those things without getting physiologically aroused by them such Mm -hmm. that they can't go there. Mm -hmm. So they might be able to hold space for what was otherwise very difficult to experience, even if on a physical level. So the brain can learn to see things in a different way, maybe reframe a trauma or reframe a major event such that it takes on new and different meaning, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, As an entheogen or a heart opener, heart expander, we may feel compassion for the perpetrator of our traumas. We may be able to forgive and find love in our hearts for them or have understanding for why. Mm -hmm. And maybe seeing a greater picture, you know, one of my clients put it as, We're here for character development, right? Maybe that comes up. It just depends. It depends on um, that own person's inner healing intelligence. And this research always comes back to that as the guide. It's the inner healing intelligence, Mm -hmm. the work that we do. Even with my ketamine clients, it's really coming back to deferring to that inner healing intelligence, reminding people that it's there to connect with it. It's inner directive therapy. It's not Mm. prescriptive. It's not judgmental. It's curious questioning. Mm. So we're more interested about how it's coming up for them in the physical body, letting these emotions have the opportunity to release themselves by being maybe fully experienced or completing that 
trauma loop of physiologic energy that maybe got stored in the body as the mm. emotion, kind of being able to let that go. So you may see people move in interesting ways or need to push onto something or push resistance or make noises or kind of like their body may writhe or shake in ways. You know, we see that in meditation, right? The electrical mm -hmm. outputs that might be generated as new information comes in mm -hmm. might look like, you know, twitching or movements. And so, yeah. I don't even know what I was answering there, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, what MDMA does and so, yeah, what it can do, right? Yeah, and what it's literally doing is lowering blood flow to the amygdala, right? Which mm. is like our emotional like yeah. center in our the brain, and so it's center. allowing you to talk about these traumas without being overwhelmed by right. the emotion, which is just like perfect. Yes, like how perfect of a medicine of a compound of a substance for therapy because mm -hmm. it's not the mdma alone that does the work right it's the pairing it with the therapy mm. because i've heard people say if if mdma was the cure then everybody that's ever been to a rave would be <laughs> cured from their ptsd and that's clearly not the case sure so we're doing it with a lot of intention there's a lot of preparatory work you know 90 minute sessions multiples of those mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of surveys and questionnaires to find out really what's the key traumas that we're going to bring up and focus on there's agreement that if those traumas and discussion of them doesn't come up organically in the medicine sessions that we're going to pry and we're going to go there mm -hmm. and then there's three medicine sessions and after each of those a month apart there's three integrations there's phone check-ins i mean it's an extensive therapy program that's modeling the way that we feel it's most effective and it's based on a lot of very intelligent people's work michael and annie midhofer my mm -hmm. teachers and mentors are instrumental in coming up with these protocols and rick doblin himself was on the path to become an mdma therapist he says that's why he does this work for advocacy his thesis was on how to do an fda protocol and get it passed he just wants to be a psychedelic psychotherapist he's opening up the doors for all of us to do that i've had the pleasure and privilege of doing that due to his efforts and hard work and the work of all these folks who put together these protocols um, marcella odalora being another one of my great mentors and yeah, it's incredible. The people who have been working with this medicine for a long time, I mean, they're getting the secondary benefit of getting to experience people on the medicine. And they're also beautifully heart opened organically, maybe as a result of this pairing of working with the medicine or they've done their own work or worked mm -hmm. with this medicine. But it's um, it's a very uh, connected and heart centered way of being to work with these medicines and particularly MDMA. Mm -hmm. so yeah even thinking about it just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my totally. heart kind of expanding and Definitely. feeling that energy moving there it's that's our creative energy our creative uh force yeah coming up so totally yeah, yeah i'm i totally see it and i'm such a big fan and and have really been following it for a few years now and i'm just so excited for where it's going and i, I spread the word you know through mm -hmm. this podcast and every conversation i have and yeah. in life about all the great stuff that's going on and people are just blown away people yeah. that haven't heard about it they're like what what, what is going on and it's, <laughs> it's happening whether you realize it or not so it's really exciting right. um what what about um okay so staying on mdma can you tell me about a lot of people have questions about like the potential neurotoxicity of it like what do you what do you have to say about that and particularly yeah. in like the recreational use of it i know that's a huge thing and people sure. are like you gotta space it out and give yourself some time to recuperate you know replenish your serotonin and all of that 
What do you have to say about all yeah, that? Yeah, so the research is favorable that it's not neurotoxic. You know, we extensively write that up and discuss it and point to research articles and findings in our consent forms and the work that, you know, MAPS has published that it's actually quite safe medicine. Okay. When you're doing anything, quote, recreationally, I think, you know, set setting and dose, mm -hmm. but also integrity of the medicine totally. is huge. So is this cut with something else? Is it true MDMA? Yeah. Um, and then... In the context that you're using it is there someone reminding you to hydrate appropriately and safely with electrolytes mm -hmm. is there someone taking note that maybe you're moving a little too much right now can we take a breath can we sit down you know that's the safety of this pairing that we do it in with the therapy and there's a co-therapy team you know it's me and usually a male so male female dyad mm. and our purpose is to keep the participants safe and and think about their needs, anticipate them for them so they can journey and lets us hold the container for them to journey deeply mm -hmm. and, and feel safe in that and know that they are. So, you know, yeah. Do people feel depleted after MDMA? Sometimes I had a lot of clients feel really energized and restored and some clients feel more depleted. And I think the correlation that I've noticed is the one that felt depleted, it was very difficult to get them to do the emotional work in the session. There was a lot of deflecting, a lot of storytelling. Mm. The other ones who got to the core of the work and went deep and had the emotional release and maybe did do some body work on themselves and feel into where they were holding tension, they felt restored. Mm. They slept great. Mm. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, what you're doing with your brain and your serotonin and how it's functioning, um, I think it has a lot to do with how you're responding to and and letting the medicine work on you. You know, MDMA, I keep thinking MD, right? It's, the, it's like a doctor medicine, right? Mm. It's going to go and do the surgery, right? So if you allow it, I think it makes the process easier. If you mm -hmm. resist it, just like anything... That's the hardest position to take is to resist and to hold energy, right? So that's why having a fixed belief takes so much more energy, right? I'm this or I'm that or I'm left or I'm right. You're having to use so much energy to fix energy because energy doesn't fix. Energy naturally moves and flows. Oh, yeah. If you're trying to fix it, you're you're using energy to do that. So that's what I think. You know, sure, it would be great to support with, you know, serotonin precursors probably just to give yourself a brain boost. I know you have an amazing product mm -hmm. that you're about to launch for the purpose of restoring the mind and body after that. I yeah. Remind me of the ingredients that you have because I think every one of them when I looked at them was like perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a nice formulation I've been working on for a while and been testing it. And uh, it's something that I've noticed that, you know, if whenever I've partaken and recreationally you can feel a little depleted the next few days after but I think what you just said makes a lot of sense because it's not just the medicine it's the, the all of it around it right the energy and the set and the setting and your mm -hmm. intentions going into it and I mean I, I think lately honestly I think about it and I don't feel nearly as depleted and it's the same medicine mm -hmm. right and it's mm -hmm. it's like what's changed you know a lot yeah. of the the, I, I remember uh, hearing some lecture about MDMA and a doctor in um, the UK, Ben, Ben Sisser, something like that. Mm. I can't think of his name, but he does MDMA therapy with patients for alcoholism, I believe. Mm. And he talked about how it's not necessarily the MDMA that's causing the issues. It's the lifestyle and the way that people use them. It's mm. like they're up all night. Mm -hmm. They're not sleeping. Yeah. They're, they're way overexerting themselves physically, right, not eating enough, not, not drinking eating. enough water. Yeah. 
not sleeping enough. So how do you think you're going to feel right after that? Could that be where the depletion is? And right. then also, you know, tiredness or yawning. It's all movement of energy, right? So mm-hmm. maybe taking a few days to sleep and rest afterwards. And we're not going to put judgment on that. That is that the medicine or is that good or bad? But right. just that that's what your body's needing after however profound an experience you had or didn't have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that it's going to tailor itself perfectly for what you're needing. Definitely. Yeah. And, and and I think that, you know, it's not such a clear line between medicinal, recreational. I think there's like a lot of similarities. Like when you're recreationally using these substances, it can be very much a healing mm-hmm. process and yeah. experience and community with friends and love you have for each yeah. other and the music and the dancing and all of that is medicine you know Mm -hmm. and so like does it have to be right there in a in a you know room with two therapists and talking about your deepest you know traumas maybe maybe if that's what you're going for but also you know there's other more kind of Mm -hmm. subtle healing can look many ways Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. ways for different people and different moments and times in their life i do i do really believe that yeah definitely um yeah i'm i'm really excited for what's to come with the with the world for that mm. because i think it's a nice entryway into the rest of the psychedelic medicines because it's often very yeah. positive it's, sure it's pretty difficult to have a not positive time on mdma right. it's very yeah. heart opening very euphoric very right. you know uh, mood lifting and yeah. gives you an energy boost on all of that things that it, it, it is quite nice you know mm-hmm. um when used responsibly and with the right setting and setting and all of those mm-hmm. things, right? Um, and dose and all of those yeah. things. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm excited about it. Ketamine is a topic that has really become very popular lately um, and only exploding more and more. You see, you keep seeing more of these ketamine infusion centers mm-hmm. and ketamine therapy all over the place. So talk a bit about that and your experience with ketamine and just in general what is ketamine for people and just kind of a little overview oh yeah well i think my sister summed it up the best that ketamine is the container for everything else Mm. and that means that all the realm of possibility exists within ketamine and i i feel that ketamine is taking you to the quantum space where again all those possibilities exist Mm -hmm. so it's a familiar space in that i think experienced users there's they sense a familiarity to it. It's very easy to dose. It's essentially weight-based dosing. And mm-hmm. then you can tweak a little for the experience level of the client. Mm-hmm. And by its nature, it was designed to be the perfect anesthetic. And its predecessor is PCP. It's a family of drugs called aerocyclamines. And PCP was thought to be maybe a little too intense or too addictive or whatnot. But ketamine was then its you know subsequent invention. And it is the perfect anesthetic and, you know, it's on the WHO's list of most important medicines in the world because it allows for surgery in austere environments where you can't afford the technical monitoring equipment that you might need if you're pushing propofol or at at risk for someone having respiratory depression and maybe needing to ventilate them. Mm. And in the World War II, it was called the buddy drug. It helped save a lot of lives by, you know, soldiers injecting into injured soldiers to get them out of the field, get them to safety without the person, you know, causing more danger or harm to themselves or others in Mm. their their, uh, trauma. So ketamine, yeah, dissociative anesthetic. Mm Mm-hmm. It is considered a psychedelic if you think of psychedelics broadly as mind manifesting, because it does. Mm -hmm. 
at the lower doses, there may be a sense of great heart opening and compassion. It may be great for therapy at, at quite low doses and allow someone to talk openly from where they are at their heart. And a little bit higher of a dose, you're going to notice some loss of sensation of the physical body, maybe a, a heaviness or a weightiness, maybe a loss of connection with time and space. As you increase the dose more and more, those effects become stronger. And then maybe an out-of-body experience, or you could call it a near-death experience, or an astral experience where you're maybe above your body, you can see things, or you can travel as an energy entity in, mm-hmm. in between rooms or scenes or ideas. You might interact with people or beings or feel their sentiments. There may be color. It may be dark or shades of darkness or Mm. similar to what you would get if you meditated in the sun and you might see, you know, different colors moving in and out. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, dependent on the person and the dose. Uh, We like to use it as an infusion for the level of control that it provides, but it can be done in intranasal form from a pharmaceutical grade intranasals we can get compounded Mm -hmm. and that's the racemic mixture so making a distinction between what's commercially available through your insurance company is uh enantomer uh, s enantomers provided by johnson and johnson through this spray called spravato Mm -hmm. and so that's becoming more popular for people wanting to utilize insurance but the racemic mixture of both s and R enantomers or left or right-handed molecules in combination is found to be more effective so when you get it compounded as both uh, S and R, you can have a more uh, thought to be more effective medicine. Mm-hmm. It can also be done sublingually, mm-hmm. intramuscularly as an injection, or like I said, intravenously. So it's very versatile medicine. And because I can take somebody's body weight and dose them and say, okay, at half a meg per keg, we're going to kind of get this kind of experience. I could tailor it to them. I can increase the rate of the medicine or give a push of the medicine while they're in the experience if they're needing more or they're finding that they're kind of almost into the space of, you know, consciousness or presence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's too much, you can stop it or lower it and it washes out of the system pre- pretty quickly. Mm. So it's a lot of versatility there. It's legal, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. This is off-label use of it, of course, but there's so many clinical trials that are supporting its efficacy for things like depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, substance use and abuse. It's really quite incredible. I've seen it change many lives. And what we're finding that it does, it kind of turns the brain off for a moment. And I go back to what is the first thing that the information technologist says on the other end of the phone call when you're calling in about XYZ is not working, right? You know Mm -hmm. what it, what do they say? Right. Unplug it, reset. Turn it off and on again. Hello. How many problems is that going to solve right then and there? You may not even know what it's going to solve. It's just do it. Mm. And so people feeling called to need that reset, you know, personally, after the ceremony you and I experienced just the other day, Mm -hmm. my inner intuition said, you don't only need a reset, you need a reboot, a defrag, a deletion, Mm -hmm. at least once a month, you need to address your software and that what's happening and your hardware. And what's happening is, Mesa, there's too much information. Mm. That is currently overloading the system. And I had a few glitches during that ceremony where what came out of my mouth was the exact reflection of my inner operating system Mm. saying, oh, glitch, Mm. time to click, click, click in a better alignment into more harmony. Mm So, and why every month, right? Oh gosh, well, women have a moon cycle every month. The moon is cycling every month, affecting the water in all of our bodies every month, pulling on that water, pulling on the tides, as within, as without. Okay, makes sense that monthly I should take some maintenance within my inner world. 
mm-hmm. and better balance my elements wind water fire air metal yeah wow uh and i just had the thought of doesn't it also make sense and how much women can be thrown off when they're put on birth control oh my god that takes them off of their natural cycles yeah and yeah i forgot to mention earth. Lines. Yeah. yeah earth bleeding into the earth mm-hmm. <laughs> having proper ovulation letting your hormonal cycles balance you know i get so many women come to me oh i've been diagnosed bipolar oh well tell me about those cycles of feelings that you're having cycles of moods oh what else is cycling within you and without you okay let's actually look at your hormones let's look at it by a proper urinary hormone panel Mm -hmm. that looks at not just estrogen and progesterone testosterone let's look at every single metabolite every breakdown product so I can tell you if you're at risk for breast cancer or um, uterine fibroids, if you have estrogen excess or you're not properly disposing of your own estrogen through your stool by conjugating it and cycling it out of the system, you might be mm. recycling it. Okay, that causes mm. proliferative diseases, i.e. cancer. I yeah. can tell you all of that. I can tell you why you've been diagnosed with whatever this means, bipolar, right? This, right. Is, this is not even an organic disease state. It's a constellation of syndromes that we're pathologizing when it's a woman's cycle that's imbalanced, maybe due to alcohol use, changing her metabolism of her estrogens through her liver. Mm -hmm. That was a I've seen some very stark cases of that. You know, oh, really? Alcohol can do alcohol can be messing me up. Oh, yeah. It's hugely dehydrating. First and foremost, you're 72 percent water. Your brain's 85 percent. Your brain's sending the hormone signals down. Yeah. Your brain ain't got water. Because you're constantly diuresing it. You're constantly affecting your antidiuretic hormone. You're saying, mm-hmm. eh, nah, nope, diurese, let it go. Let the water go. Let mm-hmm. it go. Mm-hmm. Follow up to that, caffeine uh-huh. and pretty much every tea in that order, right? So the most dehydrating, I would say alcohol. Then you have caffeine and coffees. Mm-hmm. And then you have pretty much every other tea is a light diuretic of some kind. Mm-hmm. And nobody's taking enough salt, right? They, they told mm-hmm. you salt was evil, mm-hmm. just like everything else that was good for you. Right. Salt is evil. You are comprised of salt. Your body is a hydroelectric pump. Right. That water makes the electricity in your body. It's required to break down proteins. So maybe the great myth about mental health is that you don't have enough water to break down your proteins into precursors for serotonin. You can't make serotonin without amino acid precursors. Those come from the proteins that you eat or consume. Boom. Right there. Mic drop. We can just we can just stop. We can just stop the podcast right there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's beautifully said. You're not I, sick, you're thirsty. I got that from that yeah. the work of my fellow Iranian physician colleague. Yeah. I wish I could pronounce his name properly. Bat- Batmanja, yeah, something like yes, that. Yes, yeah. I don't yeah, even I've yeah. never seen that name in Iran, but that's incredible. Yeah. He's Batman of medicine. <laughs> Yeah, amazing book. Uh, You're Not Sick, You're Thirsty. Highly, highly recommend checking that one out. Totally. Uh, That's another topic of ours that we love and that you're recently into uh, since the retreat is is Kangen water and electrolyzed reduced water and the beautiful things that it has to offer. Um, I mean, we don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. I've talked about on other podcasts, but Tell me about your experience with the water since you've started. Oh my it. gosh, single most healing thing I've ever done for myself. There I'll admit, I was chronically constipated for most of my adult life. Mm. I thought maybe having a daily bowel movement was a sign that that was cured or healed, and it took so much work to get that movement. I'll tell you, being a functional physician, I could, I've tried it all. Mm. 
And within days of starting to drink the water, I was having three healthy movements daily, which is makes so much sense to me because if it takes 24 hours to pass the food through, then 24 hours after lunch, you should have a bowel movement at lunch. 24 hours after dinner, you should have a bowel movement around dinner. 24 hours after breakfast, it's not just a morning bowel movement. That's not a sign or indicator of health for me anymore. Yeah. I'm asking, okay, how many times a day, you know, and if you're not, you're, yeah, you're dehydrated, but this water is so much more hydrating than typical water. Yeah. So if you don't have access to a machine, at least bless your water. At mm-hmm. least bless it and add a pinch of salt to it. Himalayan sea Himalayan salt, I guess preferably. Mm-hmm. Lots of minerals in that salt. It's going to help you retain and hold on to the water. Yeah. And, you know, from the book, if you end up reading it, half your body weight in ounces, minimum amount to f- cause your body to function. So how yep. much water deficit are you trying to make up for, right? Yeah. And if you're elderly or if you have heart problems of some nature that helps you retain water then you need to be extra careful about it but water is in fact a diuretic in certain circumstances and certain applications Mm -hmm. it is our nature it's the information (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. it's everything it has memory It, it communicates with us it has the ability to heal everything and Another thing my sister said after the ceremony that really stuck with me is like, she's like, the reason they're poisoning the water is to show us that we don't need them, that we can heal this water, that we can bless it, and that the prayer is paramount, Mm. right? That the prayer and the energy and the intention is above all of everything, that we don't need them, that, that energy that tells us, oh, this is polluted or this is evil or this is bad or mm-hmm. yep we can transmute that totally and it comes back to you know segueing into the dr joe dispenza work of like taking your power back realizing mm. the power you have within mm. us within each of you each of us that we have and and going from there you know like i i love how he titled the retreat we were at you the greatest adventure oh, yeah it's like that's it it's all <laughs> within you and all yeah. around you. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like, wow, 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 wow. What um, amazing, you know, like you said, the, the energy, the intention, the, the yeah. prayer. Like, what are we really actually doing by doing these coherence healings mm. and, and remote coherence healings? Right. People aren't even in the room. And just right. through our intention, yes. we're healing others. Yes. Physiologically, making changes with our minds and our mm. thoughts. That yes. is some far out woo woo stuff uh-huh. not that long ago. And to a lot of people it still is. Yeah. But it's real and the results are there. And that's, you know, like what I tell people about the retreat, here's how the retreat they're like, oh, how was it? Here's how it was. <laughs> <laughs> Before the the beginning of the week, there was multiple people that were legally blind. And at the end of the week, they can now see. That's how it was. That's how it was. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, you got to be there to see it for yourself and feel it for yourself. Feel it. Exactly. Like if us saying you, the greatest adventure isn't resonating, then there's an experiential element that is lacking that 
can be provided by attending something like Dr. Joe's work to get the feeling. Mm -hmm. Once you've felt it, as he says, it's very difficult not to show up for a date with the divine Mm -hmm. every morning at 5 Mm a.m. when it's the opportune time to meditate Mm -hmm. because all of your hormones and your chemicals are peaking right there between 3 and 5 a.m., the vata hour. You know, it's the time for riding these hormones to have a mystical experience. And once you've had one of these extraordinary states these non-ordinary states that we're measuring in the research through this mystical experience questionnaire giving them a rank even once you've experienced one of these and the depth of them is immeasurable i mean it's it's infinite right Mm -hmm. um then the greatest adventure being you makes sense and we can all come to start doing this inner work of balancing our elements balancing our inner worlds Mm -hmm. And this is what any establishment or regime or the capital who we were watching the Hunger Games last night <laughs> is the most afraid of. Mm-hmm. It's each person clearing their own water, cleaning their own inner water, cleaning their own inner air, bringing yeah. the time and attention to purify their inner organs. Yeah. Right. To radiate more light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it takes away the power from external I need this pill, I need this doctor, I need this healer, I need to see my chiropractor every week to be able to be healed. Like, no, 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 no. That chiropractor has a good business model. Are they really (laughs) helping? You know, I'm not saying the chiropractor, I love chiropractors, I have a lot of great chiropractor friends, but just like any service provider, there's ones that are really great and are really going for the healing, the deep, like your own inner healing. And there's ones that are just, you know, Doing they're comfortable they're, they're very comfortable what's working and, for them yeah but if you really see it from the standpoint of i think chinese medicine and asian medicine's got this down pretty good it's like mm. you don't want the client to return right, <laughs> right right that's the success right and that's how my model is too sure if you have you know mold colonization and you're urinating out mycotoxins we should definitely address that burden on your immune system and your antioxidant system Mm -hmm. but my goal is for you to get on healthy water get on sunlight get on proper air and respiration get on movement do the things that are going to keep you from needing to be a client any longer and let you graduate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) come back if you need a reset Mm -hmm. you know um and graduate and i think one, one of my Greatest accomplishments was graduating somebody to become a psychedelic psychotherapist. Mm. So inspired by working with the ketamine. He was a veteran and only needed a few sessions to get the point and then immediately made these amazing life changes to go to do some programs at, at Europa for that. And, you know, MAPS offers them, um, CIIS offers them. I mean, mm-hmm. I offer a course, you know, specifically related to ketamine. Awesome. You have Fluence now working with the state of Colorado to train. Mm-hmm. I'm working with Fluence to do experientials for ketamine. I mean, yeah, this is the way is that we all embody healing and take our role in the process rather than outsourcing it to someone else and outsourcing our power. It's like, okay, let's get empowered. Let's mm-hmm. learn about the importance of water. Mm -hmm. in the breakdown of proteins let's Mm -hmm. learn about the importance of doing a defrag on our internal hard drives and how can we do that as a community together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what it's all about that definitely is and and we're we're helping to spread that awareness and you know by by us just having this conversation so Mm, thank you again Mm -hmm. um it's fun uh back to dr joe dispenza retreat just talk about your experience with Mm, it yeah takeaways kind of what you'd share with people since then yeah well scott roos is my ayurvedic practitioner that i see and he does marma for me and and i told him my experience that 
Uh, he said, oh, your inner television turned on. Mm. <laughs> I loved how he summarized that. But yes, my pineal gland activated and I saw the flower of life and I saw mm. kaleidoscopes and I saw deep lucid dreams. I started to have amazing lucid dreams. And this was all organically without any substance other than you know, being in the room with 1,800 other people doing this work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Joe's really mastered it. He's fusing the left and the, well, the East and the West mm -hmm. and showing that these Eastern techniques are very greatly beneficial, showing that on a molecular level and then kind of taking them to another level by adding this in understanding, the understanding of the research findings, the understanding of like how did the material world come into existence and creation and once you kind of understand that blueprint, everything else makes a lot more sense. That being said, there's a lot we really don't know. Right, right, <laughs> for sure. But when you find a model that helps explain what you've always wondered about, okay, e equals mc squared, energy, speed of light, mass, and how does this all relate? How does it relate to the material world? How can you work in the energetic sphere? It's faster and easier. Why is it that women who have uterine cancers, have a certain pattern in their field, and the women who don't have those cancers but go on to create those cancers have that same pattern in the mm. field. So it's in the field before it's in the material. Yeah. And his course, you know, really lays that out for people to understand. Yeah. And not only that, teaches you meditation techniques. You do a lot of meditation. Yeah. Um, I was telling you I've done Vipassana and a bunch of other techniques. So I started out the course like sitting on the ground with my back not supported, just like fully erect, being like, I'm that, you know, overachiever in this course too. And by the end of it, I was sitting in a chair like everyone else and just fully releasing to that and being like, hey, I don't, it doesn't have to look a certain way for it to be effective. It doesn't right. have to look like you know, doing this particular mantra or whatever. And he has a bunch of meditations you could choose from. It doesn't have to look like any particular meditation. Yeah. But it is a commitment to showing up for the divine and to interact with the divine to refill your cup every day. So there's mm -hmm. something in that cup for yourself and other people. Mm -hmm. And you can shine a little bit brighter as a result. So since the meditation retreat and up until I left for a vacation, I was meditating every day at 5 a.m. Mm. Literally excited to wake up, was doing um, specifically the energy work, um, the blessing of the energy centers, oh, yeah. because I knew that that meditation was going to heal any disharmony in my body by mm -hmm. addressing every single center. Simply, for those who don't know this meditation, where your attention goes, your energy flows. And so if your attention goes to each of the little brains in your body that control the functions to the subsegments of your body, for example, your solar plexus right you know below your rib cage and controlling all the abdominal organs and your adrenals so your energy levels you know if you work on that energy center and bring it energy and attention and you send it a certain program and instructions it can execute those simply like a computer would okay i'm gonna go and address this file and i'm gonna give this file mm -hmm. you know 10 more megabytes of information and it's going to look like this and hit go. You know, I used to do yeah. computer programming, C++ back in the day. It's oh, like wow. hit go uh -huh. <laughs> and then it's going to run the program. Mm -hmm. So you're doing that for each of your energy centers. So I knew that that was the meditation for me to start nice. with. Nice. And then his short morning and night meditations. And so, yeah, vacation kind of screws it up for me a little bit, but I'm trying to find that balance here being now in my family's home in Southern California, it's it's been fun to, you know, make time for the meditation, even though it's not my typical, like, independent activity at 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. It might look a little different, but to still make time for it 
on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, we just did the morning meditation here together before mm. we recorded the podcast. Yeah. And what a beautiful, you know, beginning to the our recording session because we've been hanging out here all day, but we said we got to meditate before. <laughs> and so we did. And, and watch the research call with the yeah. UCSD professor Hamal, who mm-hmm. was doing research for and with Dr. Joe's team, learn about all the more interesting data that they're finding. Yeah. Yeah. With MRIs and super interesting cancer and petri dishes and covid and yeah yeah and and the microbiome you know the meditation's Mm -hmm. effect on the microbiome oh yeah like big big stuff important very big stuff uh something that has come up a lot for me is you know big interest in psychedelic medicines and what they can do for helping people and then also big interest in meditation and there's a lot of overlap there Mm -hmm. right well, a lot of the studies they've done on the fMRI scans of long-term meditators, mm-hmm. 20, 30 year long meditators, and they see the areas of the brain that are lit up the exact same as people on psilocybin, mm-hmm. people on different psychedelic medicines, plant medicines, you know, the default mode network, and it's mm-hmm. it's overlays each other perfectly. So I love that analogy of like meditation, breath work, yoga, all of these things are like walking up the mountain Mm. and the plant medicines are like the helicopter ride to the Mm. top. They kind of let you see what's possible, but then you always come back down Mm. and it's all about that integration, that daily work, integrating that peak experience you just had into your daily life. Definitely. So that's when I realized at Dr. Joe's retreat, like, oh, it's like, it really is all about the integration. Like the Mm. meditation is the work. So just do that. Yeah. every day yeah how do you think your life is gonna go amazing. and i'll just say that for me my life since the d- retreat has been just amazing just like a movie like every day is more <laughs> and more magical and who do i get to meet and what experiences yeah. do i get to have it's been just amazing and that's just getting started it's you know? just getting started just getting started but what do you have to say about that analogy i mean we've talked about this a lot mm-hmm. and like some people meditation and and that work is enough and that will get them there Mm -hmm. but then some people like their traumas or whatever are just Mm -hmm. so deeply lodged deep down in there that they need that little extra push that little extra reminder from the medicines like how do you well as humans we've always wanted to explore our consciousness i mean look at a kid spinning around in circles Mm -hmm. trying to you know experience what that's like and it's so fascinating and interesting for them Mm -hmm. and the way that they breathe even belly breathing right so Mm -hmm. different state of consciousness with that breath it's in our nature to explore these medicines they've evolved alongside of us you know about the endocannabinoid system right right? we have receptors for the cannabinoids in cannabis and so it's essential part of our being Uh, We don't have psilocybin receptors as far as we can tell, but that acts on the 5-HT2A serotonin, which most psychedelics that create hallucinogenic experiences where you see things or have great Mm -hmm. visions Mm -hmm. act on the serotonin receptor system. And so I think that you're absolutely right. It's like a helicopter tour to the top to see the terrain. Mm -hmm. And then you can come back down and you're going to be at a higher level than you were from before. But you're not going to be necessarily living at the top of that mountain every single day. Yeah. Right. And to expect yourself to or to expect some level of, you know, now I'm healed. Well, no, it's actually it is a journey. It's an exploration. You know, you're writing this novel. You're co-creating this story. Mm -hmm. So what do you want it to look like? Mm -hmm. And the role of the medicines can be very profound in helping shape and shift that, especially when, like you said, people are having a resistance or a difficulty or 
cannot get into a new perspective. And it's just that, okay, that, that hardware program with the software has been running in that same pattern for so long. It's like, let's lay down some new tracks in the snow. Mm-hmm. Let's shake up the snow globe, right? Yeah. And psychedelics, we talk a lot about entropy. It's like, we're going to add some energy to the system and shake it up. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. You know, there's breath work as a, as a route. There's hot and cold plunging. There's mm-hmm. doing something that gets you into the flow. It sounds like you've been living in a flow state. You've been, you know, tapping into the quantum enough to refuel. Mm-hmm. Kind of like if you go to a ceremony experience and you're like, oh, this never has to end if I just never go to sleep because right. I can keep riding this energy, <laughs> right? You're like, oh, but eventually I'm going to go to sleep or right. I will regret not. Um, right. But yeah, it feeds on itself. And so if you just give it enough to nourish it or you give it a lot to nourish it, it's it's going to reward you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah like your quote maybe i'll let you say this one but the quantum never yeah. ever <laughs> ever <laughs> yeah i'll say that one yeah it's one of my favorite quotes from the, the retreat dr joe says you know when you just step into the unknown and just trust and surrender to what the quantum and the unknown has to offer you he's like i'll oh, let me tell you he's like it's never ever 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 let me down and it just like hit me. I was like, whoa, you know, yeah. like that's it. Yeah. Because what's going to happen if you are in that familiar known and your thoughts and your same feelings You're going to get day, what you got yesterday. You're going to keep getting the same thing. It's the same so. thing, whatever that looks like. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's about whatever those practices are for you and helping to shake up that snow globe, reset. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be plant medicines. It doesn't have to be any of these things. It's just whatever works for you. They're definitely not for everybody. And that's not definitely not what either of us are ever trying to say everybody try these medicines it's like no 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 if you feel called to it or if you feel like you know there's a real um affinity for you in your life and Mm. and helping your journey then yeah i mean that's part of what i do you know i do something called a psychedelic consult where people Mm. come to me like hey i've been you know, usually it's like Michael Pollan's book really got me thinking or the how to change your mind or, hey, I've been thinking about this or, hey, I've been working with these medicines. And what do you think about trying ayahuasca or what do you mm-hmm. think about what do you think might be the best psychedelic for me or mm-hmm. I'm really called to this one? How can I prepare for? So it's an educational session where yeah. people just ask me their questions and we talk about like risk benefits and alternatives for a lot of these medicines. We talk about what would be contraindicated. You know, a lot of people don't know that they should be off their <laughs> SSRIs or SNRIs before they take psilocybin or if that Mm -hmm. they've been on them recently they might need higher doses so Mm -hmm. we talk about those intricacies and so i invite people to do those consults with me you know through the internet we Mm -hmm. uh, can do them in person um and so maybe i'll drop my website it's drmesa.com d-r-m-a-y-s-a.com I offer a lot of different things, but always open to just information exchange, you know, not advocating one thing or another for somebody, but simply providing clear, sound medical education Mm -hmm. or education Mm -hmm. related to these substances, because sometimes it's hard to know, you know, what to do or what to trust. It's good to have a guide. And so I like to accompany people on those journeys and in the metaphorical sense. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'll, I'll list all of your information and websites and everything at the end and the show notes so of course um so what are you like most excited for here coming up in the the future like for you and your work and all of this exciting i love it i love it so i've been seeing this vision and working with this vision of um a prayer for the new world 
for ascension. And uh, this prayer has come to materialize in medicine ceremonies and various ceremonies from time to time. And it's to dive into that prayer and what that looks like. I think I've experienced it and seen it. It's to cultivate that regular offering for the healing of all. Mm. Basically doing this prayer and working in the quantum and working with the energies that are in alignment with us healing as a planet, as a society, as organisms and beings. And it has been coming back to water for me. It keeps coming mm. back to water. I've seen this in many of my visions before where there's this lotus flower or plant in the desert and it's just, it's the water. It's it's the nurturing of the water that's critical. So I'm working on becoming an airbender, a waterbender, a firebender, mm-hmm. and an earthbender. And if you want to add metal to that, I'll take it. I'll do metal bending too. <laughs> and what I mean by that is to ask these elements within me and without me of like, how can I work with you? And asking and listening what comes up and just letting that flow. Like I was just practicing airbending the other morning. I'm like, I don't know what this looks like. Tell me how to bend the air. And so my body started to do these movements and I was just kind of going with the movements and noticing how it was changing the air in the sky above me. Mm-hmm. Similarly, we're at the we're at the water, we're at the beach, going to the beach and playing with the ocean. Okay, water, teach me how to bend. Noticing how I have an impact on the waves with my intention in my heart. Can I send a wave to my beloved out there in the ocean? Just let's send him one. Oh, he catches a wave. Okay, great. Let me do it again. So you have to understand my my telomeres say that I'm less than 10 years old, if you believe in that stuff, oh. right? I did my, my DNA testing. So I'm operating at the level of a three-year-old here when wow. I say all of this. And I believe it to be true. I, I look at my daughter and I'm like, She's three. She's just the right amount of serious and she's right the right amount of goofy and playful huh. and imaginative. And so I'm I'm inviting myself to operate out of that level of being three to work with these elements and to do what I believe is healing for the benefit of all. And Dr. Joe said himself, right, it's not the number of people. It is the coherence or the level of coherence that is being transmitted. And that can be from one person. Mm. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be that person as mm. best I can. Mm. And hopefully you want to be that person too as best yeah. you can. Yeah. And then here's two people with a coherent field that probably exceeds that of any darkness, right? Because this is a tantric play of light and dark. Mm. But let's push back because if it is true that there's more darkness in the whole cosmos and the universe than there is light, not that that's good or bad. It's like, okay, let's let light have a dance now. Let's let the light dance a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Let's bring the light together and create you know another sun let's create another universe another planetary system so i tell people when you're ready for the real metaverse because my instagram handle was meta mace before any of this meta stuff got rebranded by Mm -hmm. facebook or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like a lot of idea stealing there yeah um a history of idea stealing right university of virginia actually created facebook and as i read it back in the day when i was one of the first facebook users mark zuckerberg interned for them and then launched his facebook way before their U of Virginia Facebook. I know that. Yeah, look at that history if it hasn't been scrubbed from the internet. Yeah. So just going to say, there's a planet out there that I've created in this metaverse, in this quantum, and in this planet, we are all the colors of the sunset, like cotton candy, (sighs) and we're these levitating energy bodies. We combine (laughs) and we dissolve. When we come together... And we can materialize if we want to, but we tend to float around as cotton candy sunset energy. 
And using the work of Dramvala Melchizedek, you know, sitting in the clinic one day, kind of bored between no shows and stuff. This is way back when I worked in the federally qualified health centers. Uh-huh. And I created it using my mind and using the techniques of materialization as uh, by Merkabas and geometries, you know, using mm-hmm. sacred geometry. So, mm-hmm. so it's out there and you can go there and find that energy and tune into that energy and it doesn't cost you and it doesn't need a VR headset and it doesn't require someone to sell you, you know, tickets to it to live in that reality all the time, you know, until someone's like wiping your butt for you because you're too engaged in this mm. alternate reality. Like mm. it's available for you to create and to visit at any time. There's infinite energy around you at all times. So for me, what's exciting is to create that universe, to cultivate that universe, to practice bending and utilizing these energies and earth elements in myself and in the world around me. And I think that it's going to look like a really beautiful life where I'm part of, you know, natural source of water that's free flowing in an area that's lush and primarily tropical or subtropical and that I have a homestead where the people I do this work with, we live in harmony and unity. We have a farm uh, that produces everything we need and more that we give to other people, that we have animals and livestock and horses and that we have a beach uh, with a surf break right there that I can Mm. walk down my stairs to and utilize every morning as my morning meditation with the water and with the earth, Mm. you know. How? I don't know. You're not concerned about that when you're a creator. It's mm-hmm. the what and what it feels like. And when I connect with the feeling of that emotion, of that mm-hmm. vision, it's just a feeling of like gratitude and love for life and excitement and the knowingness that I am creator and the knowingness of where I came from and that this just is a big cosmic dance of God looking at God, creator looking at creator and all the different lenses and mirrors of that. You know, as I look at you, I'm looking at my own self mm. as we were fragmented through this this mirror right this is a refraction of light in this realm and so just playing with that more and being more immortal being more three or (laughs) infinite Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. those are what excite me (laughs) so that's where we went during the ceremony (laughs) now i see (laughs) thank you for letting me know (laughs) A little inner insights. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, wow. Wow. I'm a little speechless right now, but uh, let me try and get some words. So uh, it reminded me when you said three-year-old, uh, entropic brain theory, right? And mm. like the whole theory of psychedelics, one of them, right, of what's happening is it's creating entropy mm. disorder, right? And that's like similar to being in a childlike state yeah from zero to five years old they say that you're in this constant kind of like psychedelic type state so i'm sure being a parent i don't have any children but i'm sure having that literal reflection of somebody in that state is just like a everyday miracle it's amazing yes if you're present enough to like get on that level and to be with it you know rather than a lot of, you know, what they show you on television about parenting is like annoyance about it or mm. like, hey, why don't you do what I want? If you like get into that level, it's doing you a service. It's sure. anti-aging you. I mean, that's the next step in Joe's research as per the call today. Yeah. Looking at an elder paired with a youth yep. and showing that what is thought. And I'm sure there's there is some evidence to you know substantiate that this would be a good study to do. In right. other words, it's thought that this is already happening, but that the elder gets more youthful. And that the youth gets more wisdom. Right. It's 
right? right? Similar so, to what happens, like I was sharing with with trees, you know, the older uh, tree and the yeah. younger tree, and the mycelial through the mycelial network, they'll mm. help each other out. Yeah. Kind of, oh, you're lacking in nutrients. Let me right. send you some. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the benefit of a multi generational home. Mm hmm. Multi generational living. Yep. The way it's always been done, yeah. and it's all coming back around, right? It's like this with, with with medicine, it's like, well, yeah. what's the disruptive innovation of healthcare? It's it's natural holistic medicine, yeah. the way that it's always been done, right? This whole pharmaceutical craziness has only come about in the last hundred years. Yeah, Rockefeller. The Rockefeller, exactly. Yeah. The Rockefeller came in, changed the whole medical education system with the yeah. Flexner report and all of that. Oh yeah. And and not a lot, lot not a lot of people know that history, but that's right. really important to be educated on. Uh, to yeah. like, hey, it wasn't always this way. No, I can speak to the lack of nutritional education, the lack of curative education, or even that word. It's like, ooh, can't right. say cure. Right. The lack of education about water. You know, we learn about amino acids and proteins. We don't learn that hydrolysis or water breaking down proteins is how we get them. Yep. How is that not even discussed? How hydration is not an issue for gastroenterologists? That people with colon cancer get told, no, it has nothing to do with your diet. I mean, this is mass brainwashing and hysteria. Yeah. yeah. And I got trained to become a really good pharmaceutical sales rep. Yes. That's what medical school does it's very good right. for training you to do that you have to learn each of the drugs yeah. their side effects their benefits when to give this when to give that i mean that was the bulk of the education there's some physiology and pathology and mm -hmm. looking at slides and cadavers and mm -hmm. this and that mm -hmm. the bulk of it is when to give this drug when to give that drug and heaven forbid you don't know how they all interact no one's studying how no. 10 cardiac drugs interact together with the psych drugs that you're also giving yep. it is literally an experimental soup we are experimenting on people in a very hazardous and callous and malicious way in hospitals yeah especially what they're doing to women in their menstrual cycles yeah how they just shoved that birth control down everybody's throat oh it's fine it's fine oh it'll regulate your cycle oh it'll get rid of your acne oh it's so with the antibiotics too and it's like what are you actually dealing with on the core level like are you actually addressing the root cause in any way at all no oh no 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 i think no. it's something like 30 <laughs> or 40 percent of uh uh birth control prescription is not even for contraception oh yeah it's for other i use. bet and that's that's a pretty high number. Yeah, we didn't sign up for this experiment. There was no consenting. By the way, in the research, we consent the hell out of people, which does not get any addressed, you know, with the vaccinations or any other type of medical intervention. The level of consent mm. is so pathetic. Yeah. I've seen it in my training, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, it's a safe procedure. Most people do fine. Okay, well, what if we nick your coronary artery in the procedure and you die the next day? Oh, I'm sorry. Wow. That's a possibility we didn't discuss and you were way too young to die. I mean, I saw it, you know. Yeah. Wow. Really? Woman who didn't need a coronary cath. It was kind of more experimental. She probably would have been fine without it. She was young, you know. Mm -hmm. Then the intern calls the upper level. The upper level doesn't want to come in. She's pregnant. She says she's having a lot of chest pain. Like, what do I do? Upper level doesn't call the attending. The intern doesn't want to override the upper level to call the supervising attending. The patient dies from a cardiac tamponade, scars wow. this girl who's a dermatologist. She just wants to be a dermatologist, but she's working the coronary cath unit Wow! because it's a requirement of the training. I mean, it's slave labor training in the yeah. modern medical institution. Yeah. She didn't 
have any interest in doing that kind of medicine. Wow. Patient dies on her hands. She gets reamed out in front of the hole. It's it's a lot of hazing in our yeah. medical education. Yeah. It's to make you a good little hoop jumper. And you jump through so many damn hoops to get there. You're MCAT. You had to be a privilege to have the money to go to college, to then get the scholarship, to then get the thing. And then you can't pay for the med school. Oh, my God. I'm still in med school debt. Sure. You know, it's oh, like yeah. 250K most people. Yeah. Plus, you know, 6% interest. It's like no one's helping you become a doctor. You're paying to become a slave to pharmaceuticals, which is the irony of it. Mm. So anyone they get to do that has to take a real internal check. Be like, check your ego at the door, man. <laughs> and that's the people who probably need to drop in the most. It's like mm-hmm. the government, the legal establishment, the medical establishment, the um, you know military industrial complex establishment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the regular old people who are doing the psychedelics. It's like those folks who really got to check those egos and, and look within. Mm-hmm. And they'll drop that work is my hope is they'll come be like, you know, if we don't have enough people to sign up to do the dirty work mm-hmm. out of fear, mm-hmm. oh, this is the only way I can feed my family. Okay, well, that's a limited belief. That's a limited belief from your past self. Right. Yeah. It's not true. It's only true if you say it's true. Yeah. Exactly. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, either way, you're right. Woo! <laughs> Is that up above your bed in your house too or you're in your living room? I'm just full of quotes. (laughs) You're so good. (laughs) That's a Henry Ford quote. Oh my gosh. The one that's in my room is life is about the people uh, that you meet and the things you create with them. So go on, start creating. Wow. And here we are in the middle of it. Um, Wow. I just feel... (laughs) Oh, one one of my favorite Dr. Joe quotes I love to share with everybody that I just want to throw out there again is, Gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership. Mm. And it just makes so much sense. Like when you're grateful for what you have and you're just putting out that vibration of gratitude, Mm. law of attraction is real. And the pill that people have a hard time swallowing is that it works for the good and the bad Mm -hmm. in their life. And so you just, you get what you're thinking about and feeling most of the time. So if you're feeling grateful and thinking of what you're grateful for, you're just going to keep getting more things you're grateful for. Yeah. Pretty simple. 100%. Pretty great way to live. Yeah. You ask me. So it's pretty simple, you know, and then that's where Dr. Joe gets into the specifics of, uh, putting it out with a clear intention, yeah. you know, electromagnetically sending out the signals, the intentions, the thoughts with the brain, and then with the heart, the magnet, pulling it back in, the magna heart magnetizes it, and with mm. the feelings, you put it out with the brain, clear intention, with the elevated emotion, you're bringing it back in. Mm-hmm. And that's why the heart-brain coherence is key, and that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And just practicing that it's a practice it's a practice every day yeah we feed our body every day right mm-hmm. and say oh we ate once we're good now same thing with mind and right. emotions and 100 and hydration <laughs> <laughs> always hydration that's always you know that's you don't have to tell me you're preaching i don't have choir. to tell you but i can tell all the parents out there whose yep. kids have been diagnosed with asthma and allergies that's mm-hmm. one of the first signs of drought management and the reason it hits kids at a young age is because their growth is accelerating their water demand or their water supply rather right they're growing so quickly that they need a much greater supply of water with salt mm-hmm with mm-hmm. minerals because salt breaks up phlegm. Salt's always in your in your saline, you know, in your mucus secretions. Yeah. It's a part of it. Totally. It no, absolutely. It it's it's so key. And, and it's not just the hydration. It's the electrolytes with it. Yeah. Anytime I've done my extended water fasting, 
anytime I'm feeling a little bit kind of like uh, a little sluggish, whatever, I just take some salt mm. and it's like, vroom. oh yeah, it's like a put recharge. it right on your tongue. Yeah, that'll abort the asthma attacks too. Salt will tell the body that your minerals are coming. You can relax. Mm. The best explanation I've heard for sudden infant death syndrome. Mm. The kid is on cow's milk, formula milk. It's already dehydrating. The doctor says no water. Don't drink. Don't give your kid water, right? Women's milk from the breast has much more hydration in it. Mm -hmm. So they're already dehydrated. Then you're bundling them up tiny, right? Their lungs and their bronchioles and the respiratory airways say, "Don't, don't give away any more water. You're too dehydrated. They spasm. And they, 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 sudden they have sudden death from wow. asphyxiation Wow! because they can't afford to give up more respiration, more water by exhalation. That makes sense. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's a theory out there, and I think it makes a lot more sense than, oh, we just don't know. We can't figure it out. Mm. We can't. We can't figure it out. Depending on what level of... Uh mind you're thinking about it from yeah right? exactly Your perception Are you <laughs> if you think in? about water is life then you could that could be the answer for pretty much everything yeah i mean or the reason for it's it's so simple but the you know one of my favorite uh quotes simplicity is the ultimate sophistication oh, beautiful it's like what's more simple than sitting there and not doing anything meditating yeah what's more simple than drinking water oh my gosh <laughs> but what an impact <laughs> what an impact so we could go on forever and i know we have kind of time limits here anything else that's on your on your mind and your heart that you'd like to share with everybody Mm. that you just have experienced or thought about or that's on your mind or heart right now as a kind of a closing yeah i think the act of prayer and sacred ceremony is accessible at all times meditation Mm -hmm. accessible at all times to keep it simple like you said Mm -hmm. just to bring it back to the elements and what we can do to better connect with ourselves with our planet and to keep an air of creativity and excitement and childlike wonder to it right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for somebody if it means just spending more time with children or (laughs) playing Mm -hmm. you know imagination or journaling (laughs) but wow i really think we covered a lot yeah, it's been an hour and 12 minutes already. <laughs> we covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah, to go to one of these events, to go to an advanced retreat with mm-hmm. Dr. Joe. He's doing one a year or one a month mm-hmm. for the next year. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long that's going to be an ongoing offering. Right. There's so much free information on his website. I think it's wonderful. Yep. Um, there's my website. There's your website mm-hmm. and what you're doing. and. Mm-hmm. You know, if anyone else feels really called to making more work together for this prayer and for this ascension and healing of our kind and other kinds, um, to reach out. You know, we're doing coherence healings now in New Orleans out of my office space. Oh, awesome. We did our first one, I think, a couple weeks ago before I left. And we'll be starting them up again in January, doing once a week. And I invite other people to go to the retreat so you can come back with some skills to offer these healings to yourself and your loved ones and your family members and really take back your power in these these in other ways, right? Mm-hmm. You are the greatest adventure. Mm. <laughs> wow. Just um, so so full of so much love and gratitude for you, Mesa. You're amazing. Mm. I call I tell everybody you're my, my Persian sister. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> and, uh, I'm so grateful that you're in my life and we're, we're connected you. and Me just too. the beginning of so much more that we get to create here together. Yeah. Uh, so thanks again for, for your time and who you are and just oh, everything that you've done. And uh, till next time. Okay. Until then. Awesome. Aloha. Thank you.